0: hoopball podcast listeners are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for hoopball do you have aspirations of covering a team are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones well, we've got good news hoopball's recruiting if you think you have what it takes hit us up at hoopball fantasy on twitter or by emailing team at hoop again that's hoopball fantasy on twitter or emailing team hoopball at hoop-ball.com the following is a hoopball presentation
1: what's up everybody i'm naji adams
2: and i'm hunter jacobs
1: and you're listening to the hoopball nets podcast And so we are back again today. We're actually recording at normal time yet again. We are breaking our habit of recording at 3, 4, 5 a.m. We're recording at 5.20 p.m., probably like 30 minutes after the Nets Bucks game just went off. So obviously, you guys know we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Wizards game. We're going to talk about the Magic game. going to get into a little bit of what we think about Jonathan Isaac, as you probably already know what the controversy is surrounding him talk some about Jamal Crawford and just about what we think is going to happen with the Nets in the upcoming what five seeding games when it comes to their position in the playoffs with the Magic and who they might be facing in the playoffs in a couple of weeks but before we get into that Make sure you subscribe to the Nest podcast on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Make sure to give us a subscription, follow, whatever you want to call it. Leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. They take you guys maybe like 15 seconds. They do a world of good for us. So please, please, please make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. We live tweeted the game versus the Bucks. We're going to try and get into that more often now that you know there's really nothing to do with quarantine still being kind of in effect and uh, us being out of school, obviously. So follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. We love hearing your questions, comments, and concerns. And uh, yeah, you can follow us individually. Our Twitters are in the description of the podcast down below. So go ahead and check that out. And uh yeah, shout out to Manscaped for sponsoring this podcast and every other hoop ball podcast. They are the leaders when it comes to male grooming. You can go on manscaped.com right now and get the perfect package 3.0 uh, it is designed to make manscaping easy, confidently trim below the waist with the legendary Lawn Mower 3.0 waterproof trimmer featuring advanced skin safe technology. Enjoy soft ceramic blades cutting coarse hair at 7,000 RPM. Prepare for an active lifestyle with the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant infused with cooling aloe vera. Refresh on the go with the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. And uh, you can store all your Manscaped products in the shed, which is a free gift that comes with the perfect package, 3.0. If you go to manscaped.com right now and use code HOOPBALL20, you can get the perfect package, 3.0, 20% off, and get free shipping on it. It's a steal, so run to manscaped.com right now, HOOPBALL20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, 20%, 20 20 percent off, free shipping, boom. So let's get into everything. So first, we might as well dive into the Orlando game. The That was the Nets' first seating game um, it was against the Orlando Magic, they lost by 10, it was actually probably the most important game up to, like, to date, because the Magic and the Nets are battling for the 7th and 8th seeds in the playoffs, basically, they're battling to not play the Bucks in the first round, that's what it comes down to, but the Magic did edge the Nets 128 to 118, before the game was probably the most controversial thing, it was way more controversial than the game itself, um, so, up to now all of the nba players except for the the maybe like two of them i think have kneeled for the national anthem and wore the black lives matter t-shirts in order to perform. yeah
2: there was, um so myers leonard didn't kneel but he had the shirt on and he had his teammates like arms wrapped inside his legs because it was like it had to do with his family serving in the military and stuff and and his teammate he got his teammate support while he was doing it, Jonathan Isaac not only did not wear the shirt was like his teammates were not touching his legs, like no support from them at all. Just on his own. He was just standing.
1: And so, you know, like where I stand on it is I won't kill you for not kneeling like and because and, I understand there might be other reasons as to why you're not kneeling, but you can still support, you know, the the message behind Black Lives Matter, but not to wear the t-shirt, like, it's literally a t-shirt, that is the least you can do to support a movement that is for an end to racial injustice, like, I can't just rock with that, like, that's what I tweeted, I can't rock with that, I can't stand behind that, so, you know, I obviously don't support Jonathan Isaac in that, um, like, Myers Leonard, I completely support, I understand, you know, like, you have family in the military, so for you, It hurts to, to kneel on a flag that they swore to protect, you know, but to wear the black lives matter shirt, it means something. And like, I obviously appreciate that, but to Jonathan Isaac, I just, I can't do it after the game. He cited like religious reasons as like the reason as to why he didn't kneel and didn't wear the shirt. And, you know, Taylor Rooks asked him like, what does religion have to do with, you know, wearing a shirt that promotes an end to racial inequality. And he was like, you know, he really didn't have a a proper answer. And, and so that's why I feel like he, he was just wrong, to be honest. That's, that's all I'm really going to say about it. I don't want to get too much into it, but in my opinion, just wasn't the right thing to do. But diving into the game itself. So yeah, the Nets lost by 10. Um, when you look at the box score, they really got killed by. I guess three people, Jonathan Isaac actually being one of them. He played 16 minutes, had 16 points on six of seven shooting, six rebounds, one steal. The Nets have a problem with size, obviously, and Jonathan Isaac is like 6'10". So, so The
2: uh, the main player that torched the Nets was Evan Fournier. He had 24 points, five assists, 10 of 15 shooting, knocked down three threes, and then it was fellow starter, Nikola Vucevic, who had 22 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists on 8 of 12 shooting.
1: And so, yeah, like, the Nets struggle with perimeter defense. They struggle with bigs that are skilled within the post. They just struggle with size in particular. The Magic obviously have that, and that's why they're a tough matchup for the Nets. When you look at the Nets, Joe Harris, he played 29 minutes, 14 points, 6 of 11 shooting, 2 of 6 from 3, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. Um, Lance Thomas started at the power forward, Jared Allen started at center, Karras and Chioza started in the backcourt, and Joe Harris started at small forward, Jared Allen had 14 points, 26 minutes, 7 of 9 from the field, he only had 5 rebounds and 3 assists, and then Karras, see he really got things going in the like the first half, and then significantly trailed off after that, because looking at the game, they the Nets were running a lot of screen and rolls, and then that's how they were getting a lot of their baskets. So the Magic adjusted and basically just blitzed Karras on the pick and roll, doubled him most of the time, and then forced another play, like anyone else to shoot, basically. And the Nets just couldn't capitalize. They shot 42 three-pointers and only made 13 of them. Now, let's just say they made half, not even half. Let's say they made 17 of those. It might have been a different game. They probably would have won the game, but they just couldn't capitalize on their open shots. And, uh, good on the magic and Steve Clifford for adjusting. Um, I think that that's honestly one of the things that Jokic Vaughn needs to work on more is like his in game adjustments and kind of like playing chess with the opposing coach and not just, you know, letting it rock and letting his players just adjust on the fly. Like that's why you're there as a coach to teach them what to do in those situations. But, um, so yeah, Karras, he still performed well. 17 points, 27 minutes, seven assists. He did have four turnovers and was at minus minus twenty six. But um,
2: one thing, one thing that I will say is, we were talking about how uh, Kourouk should have started at power forward, right? Yeah. Over TLC. Yes, well, it turns sir. turned out how neither of them started.
1: Nope.
2: Uh, Jock Vaughn decided to go Lance Thomas instead with the other starting four that I had called. He picked Lance Thomas. So, however. TLC did quiet us down he put up 24 led the Nets in scoring
1: TLC Shot- might honestly
2: knock down five threes and this wasn't the only game that he did this out of the three so far
1: that's what I was about to say he might honestly be the Nets best player in all Ar- and since the seeding game started like obviously Karras is better but performance wise he might be the Nets best player right now like you just said, he dropped 24, very efficient, was a plus 14, which I believe, no, it wasn't the highest on the team, but one of the highest on the team. Played 21 minutes. And then Dante Hall played 12 minutes. He really just got in late in the game, was three of three from the field. And you know, he, he plays with a certain, uh, like hustle. He's like an enforcer for the Nets, which we will see in this Bucks game. But you know, that, that's really his role on the team. Um when we look at the team stats as a whole the Magic had a 30 point lead at one point and then the Nets clawed back in the end to make this game look much much closer than it actually was. They went on like a what what they went on some ridiculous run to end the game.
2: Well, the it, the second and third quarter put them in that deep hole because they got outscored 34 to 20 in the second and 41 23 in the third. And then the whole fourth quarter, they held the Magic to 17, and they scored 36. They're just climbing back that whole quarter. But they would have had to overcome a 29-point deficit going into the fourth. So,
1: Yeah, Orlando's 36 points were a season high for them for the first quarter. So, you know, the Nets' defense was obviously not where it needed to be. Um, then uh, Once again, another problem was throw shooting the – so the the disparity between free throws wasn't that bad like the Magic shot 28 and the Nets shot 23. The difference is the Magic knocked down 25 of their 28 attempts while the Nets knocked down 17 of their 23 attempts. So you know, the, like free throw shooting continues to be an issue, which we're not I'm not that worried about that because next season obviously it'll change Kyrie and KD are both phenomenal free free throw shooters. So we we'll get a boost in that department. When it comes to three pointers, like I said, the, the Nets, I mean, the Magic were blitzing Karras off pick and rolls, leaving a lot of their shooters open. So the Nets shot 42 threes. They only knocked down 13 of them. The, uh, Magic shot 31, only knocked down 11. And then we also allowed the Magic to shoot over 50% from the field, which when you, when you do that, you're usually not going to win the game. So, that was the that that game for the Nets. It's actually the only game that they've lost so far when it comes to the seeding games. So uh, let's move on to a brighter note. The Wizards, who have yet to win a game in Orlando, including um, the scrimmage games.
2: Not gonna lie, somebody like had tweeted that the Wizards just showed up to do sixteen days of cardio in the bubble, <laughs> and like they're they're not wrong.
1: I mean, they don't have Bradley Beal. And so I don't even think they expected to make the playoffs, but they just had to come. Like, they, they, maybe they should have opted out, but I don't know. Could they?
2: Was that an option?
1: I mean, I mean, I know the Clippers are talking about like either we're all going to go or none of us were going to go. And so if, if none of them were going to, if they were talking about none of them going, I'm guessing it was an option to opt out.
2: (laughs) Right. I think the Clippers organization would have just had to run with, run with G leaguers and Reggie Jackson
1: leading the squad. I mean, that's basically what the Wizards are doing, because you know, without Bradley Beal, Thomas Bryant is their best player, and Thomas
2: Again, Thomas Bryant and Troy Brown Jr. <laughs>
1: exactly. Rui Hachimura, like that's all they've got right now, and so
2: Thomas Bryant's been a bucket though.
1: Nah, he's he's dead been a bucket. Like he's been nice for a while now. Like he's the type of player that a casual wouldn't know about. Like only real NBA fans but, but know who he, Thomas Bryant is. He
2: does everything. He rebounds well. He shoots down, well. Down threes. He does everything.
1: Exactly, and uh, still, all of that wasn't enough to beat the Nets. So
2: I mean, him and Troy Brown had uh, 52 combined, and no one else had more than 14.
1: Yeah, the the Wizards have eight seeding games, right? They have yet to win one. They had three scrimmage games, have yet to win one. Their record is 24 and 43. They are currently, what, eight games back of the Nets.
2: I think they They, need... They're uh, they're not going to even make the play-in game. Uh, They need to be within
1: four, right?
2: Yes, their season is over. Yeah,
1: their season's done. So the Nets are are locked for the playoffs. They're not going to have to play in a seeding game. So let's clap it up for them. Woo, let's go. Um... We beat the Wizards. What one eighteen to one ten? Right? Yeah, one eighteen to one ten. I guess we'll go over the Wizards box score first. Um, they started Isaac Bonga, Rui Hachimura, Thomas Bryant, Troy Brown, Shabazz Napier. Former Laker,
2: great Isaac Bonga to you.
1: Former Laker, great Thomas Bryant. Like both of them. Mo Wagner, former Laker, great. Um. Rui Hachimura played 32 minutes, 9 points, 2 of 6 from the field, nothing crazy. Thomas Bryant and Troy Brown Jr were really the big standouts for the Wizards. Bryant, 30 points, 36 minutes, 12 of 20 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3, 13 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks, 1 steal. He was a monster. Troy Brown Jr, 28 I mean 22 points in 38 minutes, 8 of 17 from the field. He was only 1 of 4 from 3, so he could have had a much bigger game. Had 10 rebounds. How
2: Roy Brown Jr. Like, there's some games where he puts up numbers like this, 22, 10, and 8, almost triple doubles, and then the Wizards just bury him on the bench randomly. Yeah, I don't know no. if he's good or not.
1: Whenever he comes in the game, like, I feel like he has the green light to just shoot whatever. Like, he, he takes an abnormal amount of shots no matter whether he comes off the bench or starts. And so I think yeah. that's, that's probably his role next season, like, when the Wizards are – healthy with john wall and bradley beal and thomas bryant like that's actually not even a bad victory like thomas bryant bradley beal john wall but when when they're all healthy troy brown probably serves as their sixth man put up as many shots as he wants and then comes out the game like
2: he could start at the three instead of isaac bonga
1: i don't know why they start isaac like i guess because of size but he he might start at
2: the three I mean, all they have is four guards that are all six foot. Like, they have <laughs> Shabazz Napier, Jerome Robinson, Ish Smith, and Jerry and Grant right now, splitting 90 minutes. Like,. Yeah, that's... that's why Troy Brown's getting 40 minutes now.
1: But... That's tough. I mean, he's only six six though. So, like, he'd obviously be an undersized three. So, I don't know if they want to play him there. I see him better as coming off the bench because when you look at their roster, if he's not coming off the bench and scoring, who is? Like, Shabazz Napier, I guess? Like, Jerry and Grant, maybe? I don't. Well, I, <laughs> well,
2: I think he should come off the bench, but they need a better small forward. Like, they need someone who is kind of like Otto Porter, yeah, to be their small forward again, so that Troy Brown can embrace like a six man role.
1: That's probably what he will be next season. Um, for the Nets, Joe Harris, Joey Buckets, all reliable. All I mean, reliable. We haven't with called him of, that in a while.
2: With one of the most all reliable games that we've seen this season.
1: Yeah, he he had twenty seven points, thirty six minutes. Um, ten of thirteen from the field, six of seven from three, seven rebounds, a plus fourteen, which was a team high. Joe Harris, so, old reliable, was a monster.
2: Performance of the game to Lance Thomas.
1: Oh yeah, he, he was be- obviously the Nets' best player. Go ahead and read a stat line yeah, for me. Yeah.
2: So he started again at the four, played a whopping. 10 minutes and 21 seconds before Jock Vaughn realized it was not the move to keep him in the game. <laughs> Zero points, 0 of 3 shooting, 0 of 2 from 3, 2 rebounds, and an assist in the stat sheet. And so, One. like,
1: I want to say...
2: Minus m- 7, by the way, in those 10 minutes. Team low. Yeah,
1: Lance Thomas ain't it. He ain't, he ain't it at all. But
2: Not sure why starting him was ever an option. And where it came from, but
1: it's probably to solidify their like depth off the bench, like so they keep Blens Thomas in the starting lineup. But back to Joe Harris, what I really want to say is this is why, then he's like a very very crucial piece of the Nets' championship hopes next season because of the opportunity for him to go for games like this. When next season when the Nets have Kyrie, KD, Harris, Dinwiddie. DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen, all on the court, nobody's going to be paying attention to Joe Harris. And he's going to be and able...
2: Look at, look at it. Most teams have, like, a role-playing sharpshooter when they win championships.
1: Oh, yeah. Like... like...
2: Look at the old Heat team who had Ray Allen and Mike Miller, really. Like, obviously a different time. But they had... They had them playing their roles. And it... not. I'm not going to say bailed them out because... Like, it was good on LeBron or whatever to find them open, but so much focus is on LeBron and D-Wade that those guys would be right there to save them at the end
1: of the day. And, yeah, like, a sharpshooter is a, a, a primary piece of a championship team. Like, when you look at the Bucks, they have Kyle Corver, Chris Middleton. Like, Chris Middleton's their star, but, you know, he also serves that role as well, like how Klay Thompson did for the Warriors Um, For the Cavs, like the 2016 Cavs and everything, it was like J.R. Smith. They
2: also had Kyle Korver. And like, yes, Kyrie and KD are more so KD. Kyrie knocks them down. But KD's a sharpshooter. But Joe Harris is literally a specialist, like a J.J. Redick, like that type of player. And so, like, that's why he's
1: so crucial to the Nets championship. The problem
2: is will he take a pay cut to stay on the team? I think he will. is up
1: i think he will because i feel like he more than anybody has bought into like this brooklyn culture and like he wants to be a part of a brooklyn nets championship team because he's been here for a while i hope so and so that's why he is, is is Paramount to our success next season, so we pray that the Nets keep Joe Harris. They need to keep Joe Harris. Having that sharpshooter in the corner to just knock down threes when he needs to is is crucial. Um, Jared Allen had a great game as well. 38 minutes, 22 points, six of ten shooting, 15 rebounds, two assists, one block. Killed the Wizards. Um, and then the man who really killed the Wizards, my boy Caris team high, 39 minutes. 34 points, 11 of 25 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3. He took 13 free free throws, knocked down 10 of them, had 7 rebounds, 3 assists, only 1 turnover.
2: It was really a 3-man show. Yes, Chioza had a solid game with 14 points and 6 assists in 21 minutes on 6 of 8 shooting. But it was mainly Karras, Harris, and Allen.
1: It's funny because Chioza didn't start. They started Tyler Johnson at the one, and Tyler Johnson and played Tyler horribly.
2: Johnson, and, so Tyler Johnson, Rodion's Kuroks, Garrett Temple, the three of them shot two of 21 combined. Garrett Temple made the two shots and had nine points, most of which came from the free throw line. He was five of five.
1: Yeah, the but Nets Johnson
2: had... And Kuruks, Johnson was all of 7. Kuruks, of 004 and uh they combined for four points.
1: The Nets had three players that played more than 10 minutes go over and not make a single shot, and the Wizards still couldn't win. If that doesn't show you how bad that they are, it's crazy. Like, so Tyler Johnson started, Chioza came off the bench, dropped 14 and 6. Um, Garrett Temple was two for ten. He played 28 minutes, and then TLC um he only played 19 minutes in this one but he did have 8 points on 3 of 10 shooting and had 3 rebounds. Um it wasn't his best game but next game will make up for that obviously. Um when we look at the See, ne-
2: if you if you take out if you take out Chioza, Joe Harris and Jared Allen's like field goal percentages and talk about the remainder of the roster, they shot like 27% from the field.
1: Yeah, it way. It so the
2: fact that the Wizards couldn't win this game, and they were—they're just not good. Before,
1: They're just not good.
2: Really not good. Not good at all. And so, but also, if you notice in these first two games, there's a name we haven't mentioned yet.
1: That ah, yes.
2: Najee's looking very forward to.
1: Miss. I mean, we might as well say it now. Uh, Jamal Crawford. He did not play in either of these first two games and
2: was the reasoning
1: yeah he also didn't play in any of the Nets scrimmage games, so he really he missed like five games for the nets uh and then he suited up in the bucks game which we'll get to later but yeah jamal crawford was a no-show in these games um one thing that i do want to touch on with the wizards game is the nets free throw percentage they did happen to shoot over 80 percent from the free throw line They shot 83.8%, 31 of 37 from the charity stripe, while the Wizards shot 21 of 27. So the Nets took 10 more free throws. Um, The Wizards only knocked down 29% of their threes. They were 9 of 31, while the Nets were 11 of 33. And while the Wizards did shoot a better field goal percentage than the Nets, it just didn't really matter. Uh, The Nets only turned the ball over 11 times compared to the Wizards' 12. They out-rebounded them by 2, and yeah. Uh, their, their biggest lead was 10, while the Wizards' biggest lead was 9. There were 16 lead changes. This game was back and forth for a large majority of it, and the, Net, the Nets kind of just pulled away in the fourth quarter, as they should, because once again, the Wizards are garbage. <laughs> Before we get to the Bucks game, I just want to give a quick shout out to our friends at MyBookie, so we're going to go hear from them, and we'll be back right after this break. Say it with me now, sports are back, baby! I've been waiting for this day since March, and I know Hunter has to, and now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind, and that is my bookie. My bookie is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime game-winning shot all wrapped up into one. I love it, you love it, Hunter loves it, and that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams, and with the start of the NBA bubble season now in progress, there's never been a better time to start playing with my it's easy you bet you win they pay feeling good about your mlb team's chances this year be sure to check out my world series future bets Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun. But why stop with baseball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future and in this case that means basketball, hockey, and football. MyBookie is already accepting bets on all of your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today and MyBookie will match your deposit 100% plus they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. That means. If you deposit $20, they'll give you a free $20. If you deposit $60, they'll give you a free $60. And you get a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter a promo code HOOPBALL when signing up. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L when signing up. And they'll match your deposit 100%. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet. You win. They pay. So, we are back. Hope you enjoyed that from our friends over at MyBookie. Um... The Nets versus the Bucks just concluded maybe like an hour ago now that we're recording this. The Nets won. The Nets did beat the number one seed best record in the NBA, Milwaukee Bucks by three, 119 to 116. Jamal Crawford suited up in this game. Um, unfortunately, though, he did leave early with a hamstring injury. Uh, What happened was he was going for a handoff and Chris Middleton kind of stepped over the handoff and collided with Jamal Crawford and he kind of limped off the court, sat down and he never came back in the game, ruled out for the rest of the game. Um, They said that uh, he's going to be diagnosed, but they don't know if he's going to have an MRI done on him. So we're really waiting to see what the actual diagnosis is with Jamal Crawford before we uh, jump to any conclusions, but it didn't look too bad. So, prayers up to Jamal Crawford. Hopefully, he'll be able to, uh, you know, join the Nets soon. Um, But, yeah, in this game, Timothy Luau-Cabro. I'm not even going to say TLC because he deserves to have his whole name read.
2: He carried. He carried. Well, first of all, not to be a downer, but Giannis and Middleton didn't play in the second half. Uh, Wesley Matthews and Brooke Lopez were both out.
1: Yes, and Eric Bledsoe also really wasn't playing that much. Uh, he only played 18 minutes. But, you know, I don't really care because uh, that's their fault. You know, if they wanted to win the game, they could have played Giannis. And even when Giannis was in, the Nets were still putting up a fight. Um, Timothy Luwau cabro 30 minutes, 26 points, 8 of 12 shooting, 5 of 7 from the three-point line. Uh, He was honestly just a monster tonight. Rodion's Kuruks, he started at the power forward spot. Finally, but Lance Thomas started at center. The Nets were missing. Karis Lavera, Joe Harris, and Jared Allen. Um, They needed rest days. They've played like three games in four nights or something crazy like that. And so to play them in this game obviously wasn't the wasn't the move. It was smart to rest them. And uh, once Jacques Vaughn knew he wouldn't have Karis and Joe Harris, he figured might as well set out Jared Allen as well because that's really the Nets' big three right there right now. Um, Lance Thomas probably had his best game so far, which is sad because he only had uh, six points on two of seven shooting in 14 minutes. Garrett Temple played extremely well. He hit what I guess you'd call the game winning shot for the Nets. Um, He played 26 minutes, 19 points on seven of 15 shooting, five of 11 from the three point line to go along with five rebounds and four assists. Tyler Johnson.
2: Chris Chioza has impressed me. He, he's been he's been great at playmaking his efficiency has been low like in this one he shot four of 13 and two of nine from three but he won. he ended off with a double double with 10 points and 10 assists and at a team high plus 17 he's he's been a good playmaker which is why i thought the Nets should have started him at the one with their main lineup
1: yeah um I agree. Uh, I think that they're, they don't quite know what they want to do yet with Tyler Johnson and Chris Chioza, which is why they're using these seeding games to figure out who should be the starting point guard, who has the best chemistry. And, uh, I think you really need Karras and Jared Allen and Joe Harris in a lineup to see that. But yeah, Chris Chioza has really impressed me as well. He played really well, double double, plus 17. Um, Dante Hall, 20 minutes, the enforcer, the honest stopper, four points, two of four shooting. <laughs> nine rebounds uh two blocks he was really good tonight as well um he's a hustle guy gets things done gets dirty for the nets um and every team really needs that justin anderson he also played very 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 well in this game 15 points i mean 15 minutes 11 points four or seven from the field knocked down three three three-pointers had four rebounds also played pretty good defense and uh our boy Jamal Crawford he only played 5 minutes but in those 5 minutes he had 5 points on 2 of 4 shooting knocked down a 3 and had 3 assists um when he first came in he was really running the the offense for the Nets he came off a pick and roll immediately pulled up for a jumper passed out of it to Rodion C'ourous who was cutting wide open to the basket and like that's what Jamal Crawford brings to the team like Extra playmaking, he's obviously gonna draw a lot of attention off the pick and roll because teams know that he's able to create for himself and create his own shots and basically knock down a shot from anywhere on the court, which obviously creates open baskets for other teammates. So that's what the Nets will be missing if Jamal Crawford can't suit up um onto the Bucks. They really like. I don't. Obviously, they weren't really trying extremely hard to win this game, but you know, regardless, we got the yeah, win. There
2: was- one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. All fifteen players played more than fourteen minutes. Yeah. So there you go. They they were, you
1: know, testing out lineups, trying to get their players some run, but I don't care because this is a big game for the Nets, and the fact that they won this obviously helps their uh standings to be able to not play the Bucks in the first round right now. Uh, both the Bucks, I mean, both the Nets and the Magic are 32 and 35, but the Magic have the tiebreaker, so the Nets are still the eighth seed, and uh, that sets them up for a matchup with the Bucks, which obviously will probably not go very well. But the Bucks are 0 and, well, no, the Bucks are 1 and 2 in their seeding games, so maybe they're not as good as we thought they were. Who knows? But yeah, the, the, the Nets obviously don't want to see the Bucks in the first round. They would rather see the Raptors who are also extremely scary. They're 2-0 in their seeding games. Um, When you look at the Nets team stats, they only turned the ball over seven times. Through the first quarter, they had no turnovers, which is great because the Nets, throughout the season, the Nets turned the ball over at the fifth highest rate of any team in the league. So to see them only have seven turnovers in this game compared to the Bucks' 18 was really, really good. They got out-rebounded by 12, but they managed to take, what, 103 shots compared to the Bucks 88, which is fantastic. Um, the turnovers really helped with that. They shot 57 threes, which is crazy compared to the Bucks' 51 threes. Uh, they shot a better percentage from the free throw line than their opponent, which doesn't really happen most of the time. But they only shot 16 free throws. Uh, they shot they were 12 of 16, while the Bucks were 15 of 23. And yeah, we beat the Bucks. Super happy about that. Um, our boy, Doug, did have a question for us before we head up out of here, though. Um, he, well, he had two questions, really. Well, the second one isn't really a question, more of a statement that I guess he wants our opinion on. Um, the first one was, was it worth getting Crawford in hindsight? We needed him for the Orlando game. Should they have gotten a big and will he be on next year's roster? So it's really like four questions all packed into one. So, um, I guess we'll start with, was it worth getting Jamal Crawford in hindsight? Hunter, do Um, you think it
2: was? I say I say yes because of what he can teach the players on the roster right now and and Jock Vaughn even like Jock Vaughn was saying he loves to have him around cuz he loves to talk about basketball and listen to players experiences so someone like Jamal Crawford brings a lot of just different experiences overall that he's had from he's been in the league for what 19 seasons
1: I think this was his twentieth season, like the that him him coming on the court this year marked the beginning of his twentieth season,
2: so he's he's seen so many players, different championships, the game change, he's seen everything, so I don't think you could possibly regret signing it
1: yeah i I also think that it was well worth the wait i mean to see him even play for for this for five minutes. Made it seem like it was worth signing Jamal Crawford. Um, like Hunter said, the intangibles that come with him, like his locker room presence, will obviously help the Nets and their young guys. Um, and also, I think that he would be a good addition to next season's roster as well. Like to have him come off the bench and provide an offensive spark when KD and Kyrie aren't on the court. Um, we did need him for the Orlando game. And if we would have won that game, it would have been 3-0. and um and the Magic would have been what two and one so we would have had a uh or would they have been two and one uh well the Magic would have been one in one because they've only played two games so far so the Magic would have been one in one and we would have been the seventh seed right now but obviously things could have changed regardless um but I do agree with you Doug we did need him for the Orlando game um should they have gotten a big I feel like their options at big were pretty limited and they did the best they could with Donta Hall. Yeah,
2: I mean, I the only person that they could have got, everyone kept saying, was Demarcus Cousins, but I I don't know that that was the right decision. So I'm content with what they did.
1: Yeah, I'm content with what they have. Uh, will Will he be on next year's roster? I think Jamal Crawford very much should be on next year's roster. Um, I think he would, like I said, provide a spark off the bench while K uh, KD Kyrie are not on the court. Um, and then yes, yeah, I
2: think he should be also out. I don't know about Dante Hall. He he might not,
1: but... I mean, I, even if even if Dante Hall was, like, where would he fit? Because the Net, a healthy Nets would have Jared Allen, Nick Claxton, and DeAndre Jordan. So, like, he wouldn't have a large role on the team. Maybe you... Oh, go-
2: you want to hear a hot take from a Nets fan on Twitter that I saw? I do not know the handle off the top of my head, and I lost the tweet, but... And Nets fan tweeted that he believes that Nick Claxton is the only player in the NBA that can guard the 1-5.
1: Nick Claxton is the only? Wait, say that again?
2: That Nick Claxton is the only player in the NBA that can guard the Uh... 1-5. I mean, I don't believe it. I don't but, know what to. Maybe he say. can, but saying he's the only player when when speaking on that is a little.
1: Wait, he said little, Nick Clack. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nick Claxon is the only player or the only big?
2: The only player. Period. NBA basketball player. Someone mentioned Kawhi. What about Giannis? And they, he said, "Nah, I think Kawhi is too small to guard the bigs."
1: What about Giannis?
2: No one mentioned Giannis.
1: What about Braun? What about AD? But Whoa. the person. What said, about Paul George?
2: Nick is the only one.
1: Maybe even Joel and B. Rudy Gobert.
2: What? 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 Paul George. Any of them?
1: Yeah, that's that's a little out of the left field. And you know, I love Nick Claxton, but
2: I think he'll be a solid player. <laughs> I can't say
1: that, man. I can't say that. But no
2: that, no, that was, that was a little, that was to
1: out of left field. Um, Doug continued. He said they need to hold on to GT Garrett temple, great leader, class act, character guy. Um, I a hundred percent agree. Uh, I think they will. So Garrett temple signed a one year deal for like 4.7, 4.8 million. So he'll be a, restri- he will be an unrestricted free agent next season, but they'll definitely sign him back. Um, uh, he, he, he was bought in to play with Kyrie and KD and he didn't really get the chance to do that this season. So, you know, I think they'll definitely want to run it back with Garrett Temple. He is a great character guy, great for the locker room. As he proved today, he's not afraid of taking t- and making big shots. And, you know, the Nets can use that on their roster. So I think they'll definitely run it back with Garrett Temple and he deserves another spot on the team. Um, I don't think he's had the greatest season, but, you know, he he's done Well, with what he was provided and what he was given, and he's given the Nets fans and the Nets team and organization a lot. So, yeah, I I say Garrett Temple. He gets my vote to come back next season, him and Jamal Crawford.
2: I believe that he will come back only because the sole purpose of signing him was for Kyrie and KD.
1: Yeah, and he didn't really get to play with them, so, you know.
2: They... So they had like a preferred players list, I guess, that they wanted to play with. Among the players was DeAndre Jordan, Garrett Temple, Kyrie wanted Thaddeus Young. Those were like the players that have been made known that they wanted to play with. And they got the first two because the asking price for Thaddeus Young was pretty high, like his contract that he signed with the Bulls. But he only has one year left, so that's why we we're discussing the trades for Thaddeus Young, because he only has a one-year deal after this one. So we could see all three of them end up with them for next season.
1: Yeah. Um, I think
2: I think that would be cool
1: if they ended up with all three of them. That would be, be a bargain for the Nets. I think it would be very, 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 very...
2: Help Kyrie not be so stingy on the court, maybe.
1: I mean, you just you just take every chance you have
2: that he desires to play with him. So he should have no qualms about the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Kyrie was good before this season, before he went down this season. I think he'll be better next season having KD on the court with him and probably being a a undoubted playoff team, probably a top three, if not top two seed in the East. Um, Yeah, I think Kyrie won't be a problem in the locker room. I this win against the Bucks also does a lot for Jock Vaughn's stock as a coach. Um we still don't know if the Nets are going to go open up a hiring search for their head coach position after the season is over or if they'll just let Jock Vaughn go and run with the run with the reins um but a win like this in which the players played hard for him knowing that they're without probably their six best players uh and still managed to beat the Bucks. And we're beating them when Giannis was and Middleton were playing as well. Uh we'll probably go a long way towards letting him keep the job. I think that he did a great job coaching tonight. Uh obviously like I said earlier, I think that he needs to do a better job of, you know, on the fly adjustments. But I think he did well tonight and if if this is what we're going to continue to see then he has my vote to keep the coaching job i do think that they should open the the like take see what other candidates have to offer but if if they were to keep Vaughn as their head coach i can't say i'd be mad and uh yeah that's probably going to do it for this episode of the hoop ball nets podcast i hope you guys enjoyed we're going to be back to cover the nets next couple of games uh before we go just let me see who they play next The Nets will play the Celtics on Wednesday, the Kings on Friday, the Clippers on Sunday, the Magic again on Tuesday, which will most likely be a very, very, very crucial game to deciding who gets the seventh and eighth seeds. And then the Blazers to end everything out on August 13th, which is what next Thursday or two Thursdays from now. And then, yeah, that'll be the end of it. And we'll get into the playoffs. So the Nets' next game is against the Celtics on tomorrow, actually. Which should be crazy. Um, we don't know yet if Karras is playing, but I, I'm guessing he will. They were probably saving him for this game so that he wouldn't have to play two back to back super competitive games. Same with Jared Allen and Joe Harris. And uh, yeah, now that will officially do it for this episode of the Hootball Nets podcast. I hope you guys Latter. enjoyed. Uh, I'm going to give it to you. Shout out to uh, Manscaped and my bookie. Use code Hootball20 on manscaped and use code hoopball on my bookie um sh- uh, follow us on twitter at HootballNets. we love your questions comments and concerns subscribe to the podcast on apple spotify everywhere that you listen to podcasts we are there leave a five-star rating and review they do so much good for us and they don't take you guys that long so we'd really appreciate it and uh yeah uh before we go let me give hunter a letter uh l l is your letter <laughs>
2: Brooke Lopez.
1: What are you saying? It has to be their first name.
2: Huh? It has to be since their when? first
1: name, you imbecile. It's been that way. Since it's been that way since we started <laughs> doing it. Yeah, I was thinking Alonzo Ball, but there you go. So, yeah, that'll do it for this episode of the Ball Nets podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll catch you guys next time.